0: Welcome to the Cycle Three Six Five. I'm one of your hosts, Cody Stoffer. I'm Simon
1: Volanos, and I'm Jesse Booten.
0: And we're none of us are in the same room, but we're here, still here to give you our draft reactions to the AFC division by division on Episode Thirty, recorded on April twenty eighth, two thousand and twenty. So, sir. Yes, sir, So we're gonna start <laughs> off like we did with the end of year recap of the nfl teams we're going to start off with the winner of the afc north the baltimore ravens and we're going to react to their picks and then let you guys know what our grade is so simon your uh, your team belongs in the afc north what do you think of the ravens draft
2: um want me to just go with the notable players first or start off with the grade i
0: got my grade either way you want to do it
2: okay Uh yeah hey i love the ravens draft honestly well, not love, because we'll be playing these players twice a year. But objectively, as a football fan, I love it. I give them a straight-up A+. plus. They got Patrick Queen, the inside linebacker, you know. Um, for some, I still don't know why they got rid of C.J. Mosley, but you know, they finally got a good replacement in Patrick Queen. I think this is a great place to pick him. And another steal, in my opinion, and just you know, to put this out there ahead of time, there's going to be a lot of steals in this draft. Oh, as we watch this draft, we realize this is an extremely talented draft. Um, you know, at every position, honestly, and you know, got one of the steals in my opinion in J.K. Dobbins in the second round. Mark Ingram, he's great; he's been great, but you know, he is on the wrong side of thirty. Now they have him for one more year, but it's about time they start looking for someone to take over that running back spot. I think J.K. Dobbins is an excellent pick. Other, you know, low-key great picks here are is Devin Duvernay. A uh, wide receiver out of Texas and James, uh, I want to say Prochi. Prochie? James Crochet. Prochet oh, Yeah, out of SMU. <laughs> both of them are underrated wide receivers from Texas, and I like both of them. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then Malik Harrison. Sorry, another inside linebacker of Ohio State. Yeah, all really? together.
0: What's up? I was just saying, I really liked that Malik Harrison pick.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, it's good, you know? They run a 3-4 over there, I'm pretty sure they do. So, good to have two inside linebackers to you no know, plug and play in there. Uh, if one doesn't work out, you got the other one. If they both work out, then great. But yeah, A-plus for me.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I believe they got Malik Harrison. Was it in the fourth round? Or was it the third round?
2: I will say this is the third round. Either- 92 or 98?
0: 98. 98, yeah, that's the third round, yeah. And I mean, that's the end of the third round, too. And they got a guy who's going to be able to start at inside linebacker. And, you know, they kind of have the two prototypes of like three, four inside (coughs) linebackers with Malik Harrison and Patrick Queen, who could both fly all over the field and then Patrick Queen, who can hold his own in pass coverage as well. So I think that, you know, they address areas of need and then they got stronger too, because while J.K. Dobbins is certainly a pick for the future, he's also a pick for the now where when Mark Ingram gets tired, you know, carrying the ball three times in a row, J.K. Dobbins can run the ball three times in a row as well. And I think that that's gonna keep the Ravens offense balanced. And, you know, they added another weapon for Lamar to throw to and Devin Duvernay. And, you know, I think that's just a great draft for the Ravens. I think that they're gonna win the AFC North even easier than we thought they would following this draft. I give him an A.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna also, I'm gonna agree with Simon. I'm gonna give him an A+. Um, I think not only, like Cody said, not only did they, uh, address the needs that they had, but they got better just in every facet of the game. I think, um, I definitely think that they got, again, like we talked about Malik Harrison, I think they got a first round talent in the third round. Um, same with JK Dobbins. I think JK Dobbins is a, a first round guy as well. And to get him in the second round, I think if you can get three first round guys outside the first round, I think you're, you're doing pretty good, pretty well.
0: Fair enough. I think that's...
2: Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, sorry, I was just looking at this over again. A defensive tackle, uh, Justin, I can't say his last name, but out of Texas A&M, that's a low-key steal, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they definitely, and I think that they also understand how important depth is, you know, because you can see they also drafted two offensive linemen, they drafted two defensive linemen. So they understand, you know, that injuries happen. And by drafting and getting depth at all these positions and staying young, I think that's going to help the Ravens make the push in the playoffs, you know, where they still have starting caliber or just slightly below starting caliber guys playing for injured people while other teams are going to have true backups in starting positions. And we see how big of a role that plays come come the postseason.
2: Sure. Depth is always good.
0: We got any other thoughts on the Ravens?
1: Um, Not other than I think they're going to, I think they're going to, yeah, I think they're going to definitely win the AFC North. And I think we can, uh, look forward to possibly a Baltimore Ravens, uh, Kansas City Chiefs championship game. Potentially. For sure.
2: Looking
0: that way. So the runners up at the AFC North were the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Simon, I'm going to let you lead it off again. But I'm just going to put in that I wasn't super impressed by the Steelers draft.
2: Yeah. Um. Fuck, oh, man.
1: up? Oh. I was just like, oh, no. just That's not a good way to start it if you go, yeah. Ah, well.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Here yeah, I got – I'm going to pull my inner Stephen A. Smith because I've been thinking about this take for a long time. I'm not just going to attack the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to attack the fan base because they're straight up – Okay, here. Let me let me, me slow <laughs> that a little bit. The Pittsburgh Steelers fan base be acting like a bunch of simp's over this draft class, and I'm sorry if I'm like yelling in the mic. I don't know how that's coming off, but maybe thinking this draft class is the best draft class ever. Like on God, bro, and it's simply not. I'm just gonna say it straight up. I don't. This probably isn't a fair grade, but I don't care. It's an F. You nope know? <clears throat> And here, before I go into all that, let me reel it back in there are two only two picks that i actually like one of them i like way more than the other obviously uh the first one chase claypool honestly i didn't like it but it was because of who was available there i wanted to take jalen hurts I, i recognize that bias but chase claypool is a good receiver he's a big body guy you know with speed he's explosive and I'll be honest I looked at his highlight reels and his games over and over again trying to find something that I hated and I couldn't really find anything honestly maybe he's not you know as crisp of as a route runner as a Jerry Judy but like the dude's like three inches taller and 30 pounds heavier so you can't, you can't blame him for that you know he's a big bodied receiver you know he's compared to a Martavis Bryant minus the personal issues uh no injury history that i know of and he's a great blocker he's someone who said he's open to playing tight end do i think they should play him at tight end no because we got eric ebron but i think this is somebody who could definitely push juju i mean as it is i really like the steelers receiving core with deontay johnson and james washington and i'm being honest the steelers haven't drafted a bad receiver in years uh i'm like i really can't think of the last bad receiver we drafted maybe Marquise eden that's like 2013. That was seven, six years ago. So I'll trust them there. I'll give them that. Chase Claypool, he's a great pick. The other one I like a lot, Kevin Dotson uh, out of Louisiana, the offensive guard. His teammate, Robert Hunt, got taken in the second round. And oh, you know, came from a smaller school, but I think part, part of why I like this pick is because he's a lifelong Steelers fan. Give him that. You know, he's passionate about the squad, and he's a great player. Also, he feels a need, and I didn't think we reached for him. That's out of the way. Uh, I'm gonna roast them because in the third round they picked up outside linebacker out of Charlotte, Alex Highsmith. And look, man, Steelers fans be acting like this dude's like first round talent, bruh. He's not. All right, uh, Alex Highsmith. First off, Steelers fans think this guy's a first round talent. Been a second round talent, if I'm being honest, he's a sixth or seven. He's, he's an undrafted guy, in my opinion, honestly. <clears throat> and you know what? It, they're saying that he feels a need, but we already got Buds pre, we got TJ Watt. I understand we lost Anthony Chicklow, sure, whatever, but I don't think taking this outside linebacker in the third round is the move. Carl Lewis out of Alabama was there, and I'd rather take a, a chance on an injury prone former five-star outside linebacker than this dude who had maybe one or two good games against Clemson or Georgia. You know what? Well, not even Georgia, just Clemson, honestly. And Clemson doesn't have the most impressive offense outside, or uh, sorry, lineman ever, ever, honestly. So it's really not that big of a deal. When he did make big plays against Clemson, it was in garbage time, so it really doesn't matter. But Steelers fans be thinking this dude's the next James Harrison. No, he's not. You know, first off, he's too slow. Second off, he ha- doesn't have the film. And third off, oh you know what? Like, he's like a one-hit wonder to me. He's really not that good. Right. It was a big reach. We could have gotten this during the sixth round guaranteed. Instead, we reach for him. That's a big out. Uh, next guy. Actually, I'll-, I'll bunch these two guys together because they both went to Maryland. And to be honest, there's never been a good player from Maryland ever. And that's Anthony McFarlane Jr., the running back, and Antoine Brooks Jr., the safety. Uh, what, when were they taking the fourth and sixth round? Respectively. Look, man, like I said, ain't no good football players from Maryland. That's a fact. Last that uh, last Maryland football player we took was Sean Davis in the second round years ago, and that dude was a bust. You can't be telling me that these dudes go be any different. Anthony McFarland Jr., this dude had one good game against Ohio State in his whole career. Other than that, he's been hurt. He's been off the field. He's been suspended. All that stuff. So why do they think this dude's good? Uh, because he had a good combine or because he had one good game? Nah, bruh. That doesn't... Like, I can't let that slide. That's an L. That's That contributes to the F grade. Juan Brooks Jr., um... I already talked about Sean Davis. He's Sean Davis 2.0. I don't trust him. That's a no. And then Carlos Davis, he's not going to make the team. If I'm being honest, the only there's only one person in this entire draft class that could possibly make the team. Or no, that could, will probably make the team. And it's Chase Claypool because he's talented. Kevin Dotson. I want to believe in him, but I think he's a practice squad player. The rest of them, I could see them cut. I don't know why Steelers fans think that these players are better than Jake Fromm or Jay- Jalen Hurts or Jacob Eason. Like, they're not. <laughs> and, like, we should have taken J.K. Dobbins probably. Chase Claypool probably would have been there in the third round. Oh, and uh, Zach I know, bon- we-
0: Zach Bond was there multiple times when you guys had a chance to draft him. I think yes. who's a better fit slash need fit than a lot of these guys. You guys also lost hard drives this offseason you guys drafted Carlos Davis to replace
2: him well I wouldn't say Carlos Davis is a because we did get Chris warmly and you no know, we did sign that XFL standout cave Walker so I'm not as bad as uh, sorry I'm not as mad about Carlos Davis uh, well I still am mad because I'm pretty sure I feel like we drafted somebody for no reason we already got two guys in the offseason who I feel like will fill that hole but this is a waste of a pick, M.O. So, yeah, I don't know. And with that Zach Bond, um, you brought up Zach Bond. Yeah, I agree. And I don't even like the dude. Like, I don't even think he's a good, like, that great of a prospect. But I would have taken him over Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte. Like, dude, come on, man. Ah, it's an F, and I don't care. Steelers fans be acting like this is an A+. plus. And- be calling out like oh armchair GM's be acting like hey they know more than the Steelers brass like look man I y'all are just in denial that this is a terrible draft and that this might set us back a couple years like I don't know why they think that we're gonna contend off of Big Ben's arm alone this dude has not played 16 games in a while and so it would have made sense to draft a backup quarterback I but just be honest, Mason Rudolph isn't the answer. Our system really isn't that hard. And that's another thing. was fans back to like our system's like the damn Patriots. I'll well, edit that out. But it's like the damn Patriots like offensive system or the Rams offensive system. Like, nah, bruh. Our system's real simple. It ain't that hard to get down. And if you're saying that Mason Rudolph can't get the system down after one whole year of like sitting and then even another year of playing basically meaningless games that don't matter. Like, I don't know what to tell you, but he's he's not the answer. You know, if he hasn't shown any improvement, and you know, he looks like another Landry Jones, and I, I think Steelers fans here are a little bit too delusional. I think some of them might be attracting Dorona. I think they might just be away from sports for too long. You know, we haven't made the playoffs. They haven't seen us realistically play. And they just give this draft class way too much credit. So I give it an F. Chase Claypool is the only one that I actually like. And that's
0: it. There. Rant over. <sighs> well, wow. Wow. Uh, I don't know how to really follow that up. Hey, I'll, follow it up. I'll follow it up. All right, good,
1: go go Um I'm going to also agree with Simon. I'm not going to say F because I do have something else to say about Alex Highsmith, But um, I'm going to give him a D. I do think that unfortunately for Simon, this defi- this draft definitely made them, I think the bottom of this division next year. I don't think they win very many games. Um, I think every single team in this division got better. Obviously we just talked about the Ravens and then we're gonna get to talk about the Browns and the Bengals here in just a second, but I think they all got better. And actually, for a matter of fact, I think the Steelers got worse. So I think that it's gonna really hurt them. I think they will get the last spot in the division this year. Again, sorry, Simon. Um, but the reason I'm giving them a D instead of an F is yes, I like the Chase Claypool uh, draft. I think he's going to fit in well there. And I do like the Kevin Dotson as well. But I, I will disagree with you again with Alex Highsmith. Um, I think, yes, he's he's a very raw prospect. Um, I know that for sure. But I, I'll give him a little bit more faith than, than what you have. I think definitely it was a reach in the third round. But um, I still think he's probably a fourth round talent guy. I do I do know he only had one good year. Um, but he has the build and the frame for, for what you're look like, looking for in, in a dominant pass rusher. Um, I know he's a little slower, but he can continue to work on that. And I think I'll just give yeah, I'd give him a few years in the league to see what he can do. Um, he's not the flashiest prospect, but I would I definitely had him on my draft boards, and I think that he might be able to, given given the right amount of time, he might be able to make an impact. All right. I don't know if... I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna follow up, and I'm probably gonna give the Steelers. A D, maybe a D-minus because, I mean, just looking at the positions they drafted, I don't think that those are the areas of need that necessarily needed to be addressed or they weren't the right players to address their needs. I mean, I just don't think that, you know, I know that the Steelers' offensive line is getting older and, you know, there's a reason that their quarterbacks get banged up all the time, you know, And I think that addressing that by drafting a lineman, like a higher graded one than Kevin Dotson might have been a good move. You know, one that would have eventually been a replacement, basically for the older tackles that they have. I also think that cornerback could have been an area to address. I think, I don't remember who got Bryce Hall, but whoever did, it was a steal. Because I feel like Bryce Hall is going to be a starting level cornerback. And there are multiple times when the Steelers had a chance to get Bryce Hall, and they just didn't. So I don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers' secondary. I think that that's been a position in question basically since, well, always really, but since like Troy Polamalu hasn't been playing there. I mean, they do have Minkovitz-Patrick, but you know, Leon Hall isn't getting any younger, or it's not Leon hey. Hall. Joe oh, Hayden? Boy. Hayden, yeah, 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 Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden isn't getting any younger. <laughs> And I think that they should have addressed that because it was a pretty deep cornerback class.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, look, if I could redraft this, I wouldn't take Anthony McFarland Jr. I'm pretty sure Shane Lemieux, the guard out of Oregon was still there. If he wasn't, then, you know, doesn't matter. you still could have took him. I probably would have t- taken him there or even Solomon Kinley out of Georgia. He was there as well of antoine brooks that's about where bryce hall went bryce hall dropped it because he had this fracture that wasn't really like going super fast so i i get that but still rather have taken bryce hall you know throw a fly out on him than antoine brooks jr out of maryland there's that um yeah no i agree and like let's let's just be clear here i don't think the steelers got worse because like the whole team has regressed We've gotten worse compared to other teams because other teams have gotten better. Because I think the AFC North in general, they, you know, they really attacked their uh, position needs of this offseason and in the draft as well. So the Steelers basically we're returning the same squad. Have a solid defense. You know, Joe Hayden, we could expect him to take a step back. But even then, that's not, you know, that's not the worst thing, honestly. Um, offense, you know, I want them to take a step forward. But like you said... The line is kind of falling apart, and I felt like we should have got more linemen, honestly. It is what it yeah. is, I guess.
0: So you heard it here first. The cycle, 365, basically all agree that the Steelers draft was bad because they either took the wrong players at the wrong time or they just didn't draft the right position. Is that, yeah. Does that summarize the Pittsburgh Steelers 2020 draft?
2: Yeah, the fan base needs to wake up. Stop acting like a bunch of simps, man. I'll be looking like a like the biggest idiots on the internet, to be honest, saying that y'all going to win the division. We're going to win the division. I, I can't even say y'all because I'm part of this fan base, but like I'm embarrassed for y'all because y'all be looking like a bunch of clowns. For real, though. Like, my face right I'll get so much hate. I don't care. Let's move on.
0: <laughs> Up next, we have the Cleveland Browns. And I'm going to... Give the Cleveland Browns an A. Maybe an A minus. I always like to give a range just so I have some leeway for their draft class. I mean, it was amazing that Jedrick Wills fell to them at pick 10 because I honestly feel that he's the most NFL-ready lineman in this draft. And, you know, the Cleveland Browns go from a year ago having an atrocious offensive line with the tackles being part of the problem and Greg Robinson and whoever else to now having – Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills, both on the offensive line. And Jedrick Wills can protect the blind side, so he can easily move over to left tackle. And they can have Jack Conklin play right tackle. And just like that, I feel like they shored up their biggest weaknesses of last year. And then they also took away, I guess, the downside of the Jabril Peppers trade by getting Grant Delpit, who I think is way more athletic and way better in coverage than Jabril Peppers is. And, you know, we talked about first round guys falling to the second round, just because of how talented this class is. I definitely think that all of the safeties in this class are a byproduct of that. And, you know, Grant Delpit's a first round guy that the Cleveland Browns got in the second round, along with, you know, they addressed some other areas of need. You know, Jordan Elliott, I think that he's gonna be a good rotational guy to rotate with Sheldon Richardson, who started to really come into his own at the end of the year to strengthen the defensive line. I think, you know i just i see this draft and i think that they addressed everything that they needed to address in the order that it needed to be addressed in
1: yeah i'm going to hey, i'm going to agree with cody uh, i'm going to give him an a on this draft pick i mean if you can get Dedrick wills and grant delpit in any draft you should get an a cuz those are two i would say in my opinion two top i'm going to say top 10 guys at their positions um, and so to get both of them in the one in round one ones and two um is great, and then I also want to throw in to get a sixth-round pick in Donovan Peoples-Jones, receiver out of Michigan. Um, that's I think that's a huge steal. Donovan Peoples-Jones yeah. is a very under-the-radar guy that I think can come in, and you know, obviously they have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, but that third guy who played in the slot, I think he fits that that bill absolutely perfect.
2: No, I agree. I will. Um i'll give him a b plus you know i like I like Judge grows a lot you know he shores up that offensive line grant Delpit was a steal as he was even there were some picks you know they probably could have done a little bit better but i mean they'll still be on the roster they add depth and i agree i like donovan people's jones i brought it up i thought i did in the last podcast that he's somebody who's uh, you know a little bit under the radar he's a good prospect suffered playing under shea uh shea patterson at michigan and that's why his draft stock sucks because of his quarterback i, I think this is somebody who realistically if you know, odell beckham was to get traded because those rumors are still swirling uh, he could step in and you know maybe not be as good as odell obviously but be a solid number two guy to jarvis landry so yeah i like the browns draft picks the their draft is pretty solid they filled all their needs
0: yeah. And I think that they got good depth in this draft as well. So, so we're all in agreement so far, not on exact grades, but just on overall good slash bad thumbs up slash that thumbs down on the draft. We're close Rounding, yeah, Rounding out the division is the Cincinnati Bengals, who were the worst team in the NFL. Hence the reason they were able to get Joe Burrow with the first pick in this draft. I'm going to give the Bengals uh I'm leaning towards a B plus for the Bengals. I mean, you can't fail a draft when you draft Joe Burrow with the first pick, I don't think, especially if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you get him a weapon at the beginning of the second round and T. Higgins, who I think definitely fell to them because I mean the Niners traded back up and they took Brendan Ayuk, and I think that T. Higgins is way better than AUK, in my opinion. I think that that's going to be a great target. And, you know, Joe Burrow is surrounded by big receivers and tall weapons. And then, you know, they they address the other side of the ball with the next three picks being on the defensive side of the ball, including Davis Gaither, who I think is going to be a good impact player for the Bengals.
2: I like it. Uh, I'll, I'll give them a B. I like I like Davis Gaither, too. They, they drafted a lot of linebackers. Which, i mean it's not bad i guess it's just maybe you could uh help joe burrow out a little bit i love joe burrow he's a great pick you know he's our guy uh t higgins i think that's a great spot for him to get taken considered uh other receivers that i think that were reached for ahead of him uh yeah you know outside of them i think they might have they could have done a little bit better to help out joe burrow maybe draft one more interior offensive lineman I, yeah, I can't be mad at this draft for the Bengals. They definitely got better. I'll give them a B.
1: All right, um, I'm gonna give them an A. Um, mainly just because, yeah, like like Cody said, if you draft Joe Burrow, you get an A. Basically, in that, um, I think it it's the biggest thing that their team needed. Um, but also to couple with T. Higgins, I think I don't think you can get much better with that offensive offensive firepower. But I also do want to address, like Cody said, they took three linebackers in a row after that in rounds three, four, and five. Um, and I think that's a big need for for the Bengals here. Um, I know that, like, obviously they play with the Ravens and now the the Browns and even, even Pittsburgh. They all have a ton of speed. And having guys like Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis-Gathers, and Cod Kareem, I think they're all really fast linebackers that can not only fill the positions they need, but also make them make them better and be able to you know really keep up with that division because they are in i would say maybe besides the afc west one of the fastest divisions in the nfl
0: yeah fair enough That that does that does it for the afc north in our first segment coming up next we will discuss afc south grades and reactions
1: everybody welcome back to the cycle 365 this is uh our pr- our post draft reactions um episode and um we are now going to go into the AFC South um again as Cody said at the beginning of the show we are going to go through it uh through each team as we uh rated them or not rated them but uh, how they won the division in our end of the season um rankings so um first team we're going to look at in the AFC South is the Houston Texans um, I'll start it off by saying, I mean, it's maybe not the best draft, but not the worst draft. I think it's, I think it's mediocre. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a C plus. Um, I mean, I think Ross Black, Ross Blacklock, who they really got the second round. If you remember, they did trade away their first round pick. Um, so they didn't have a first round pick and they really didn't have any picks at all in this draft, but um, they did get Ross Blacklock, the defensive tackle out of TCU. Um, I watched him play. In person a few times i definitely think that he is a first round talent defensive tackle so i think that's that that was that was a steal to get in the second round even though it was early um he's he's a big i wouldn't say he's very big but he's a he's a fast defensive lineman with quick hands who can shoot underneath guards and centers and fill a hole he just has a, a knack filling the hole um i'll also say that edge rusher jonathan green grenard out of florida I saw him play quite a bit, too. I think he will be able to get after the, the quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, he's pretty quick. Um, so I think that they got a good edge rusher in Jonathan Grenard.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to give the Texans a C. It's about – it's all right, you know. They still got – they got a guy. They got a good one in Ross Blacklock. I think, like Jesse, You said, you said that he has really good hands, and I agree – uh I, I like how he uses his hands i think he'll be see a great guy to put next to jj watt or well wait you could put him next to jj watt whichever and then uh Greenard, Greenard or Greenard, Greenard. yeah the florida outside linebacker you showed some flashes throughout the season so it's a pretty solid value pick other than that the rest of this draft is pretty unimpressive um didn't do any they didn't do anything at all to help deshaun watson out i guess they got Jeremy Tunzo in that trade but still though like got rid of deandre hopkins and yeah i
0: don't know that's that kind of leads into my point where i'm going to start off by saying that this texans draft is a c minus ross blacklock we've all said it once and i'll say it again he's a great pick and it definitely helps lessen the blow of losing dj reader this past offseason season. I think that Blacklock will be even better than Reader was. It's just you know he just passes the eye test. However, I just think that five draft picks isn't enough to fill all the holes on this Texans team. And I think that you know they lost the draft before it even began by trading away all of their picks. I mean, you know they got Ross Blacklock at the cost of DeAndre Hopkins basically. And you know when you're uh, Blacklock's a good player, but he's not an all decade kind of talent you know he's not i don't think that he's gonna be remembered the same way that deandre hopkins is you know in nfl lore and history and you know part of that's due to position but i think that you know they just gave up too much for that and you know i i think when you think about a draft you know you think did the team get better or worse i think that the texans got worse because of how much draft stock they traded away so
1: this is
2: a team that actually got worse in my
0: opinion so
1: yeah i mean when you trade away deandre hopkins usually your
0: team gets worse so, <laughs> and, so. <laughs> and when you trade away a first round pick for laramie tunsell in this draft that was so deep at tackle you know i mean it kind of looks silly now and then to make laramie tunsell the highest paid tackle and not have deandre hopkins it's just you know we we've all voiced our opinions on the Texans before, so no need to waste our breath totally. now. But overall, C minus, C and C plus making an average of a C draft grade.
2: Yeah. Could definitely be worse. Um I mean Laramie Tunsil made a Pro Bowl, so will I'll give him Wait, wasn't this year's second Pro Bowl? I do just throw well,
0: I, I don't remember worst off thing. the top of my head. No, yeah, Tunsil, I'm more more Tunsel's good, but to have a first round draft pick, I mean shoot, Josh Jones fell in the third round, so like, you know.
2: That's true. That's true. We'll, we'll uh, I'm there. more mad at Hopkins. Yeah. Well, we can move on though.
1: All right. Well, that will bring us to our second team then in the AFC South. Um, we have the Tennessee Titans who did make it to the AFC championship. Um, although losing to Kansas city, which was a bummer, but um, they did resign Ryan Tannehill and they still have Derrick Henry, obviously there. Um, so yeah, let's jump into their draft. Um, I'm going to give them right off the bat here. I think I'm going to give them an A. Um, I think they filled a lot of holes that they needed to. I mean, I want the glaring one here is Kristen Fulton. Um, they haven't re-signed Logan, Logan Ryan yet uh, at corner. And to get a guy like Kristen Fulton, I know obviously we've talked about how he struggled a little bit in the playoffs um, and especially playing Clemson and a guy like T. Higgins. But I still think that he will improve as a cornerback. And to get, to get Kristen Fulton in the second round, I think, Obviously, we all had him in the second round, but I do think he can be a first-round talent. Um, so I think that that is a steal for the for them at in the second round. But they also got Isaiah Wilson at um, in the first round out of Georgia, tackle out Georgia. And I think that was that's a big hole to fill um, coming from Jack Conklin. I think Isaiah Wilson he might he might be a little bit like he might have gotten drafted a little higher than we had picked, but I think he could. Definitely fit the bill for um, the Titans in that run heavy offense. And I also want to touch on, I raved about this guy all season. You can ask Cody and Simon. Um, Darrington Evans, running back out of Appalachian State. This guy is, i my comparison is Darren Sproles. He looks like Darren Sproles when he runs. He's really fast, small little guy. Um, he knows how to score points. And I think you'll see that in, in Tennessee with again, that run heavy offense. Um, and so to, to couple him, to couple Evans with uh, Derrick Henry, I think is, is a very big steal for, uh, for the Titans here.
0: I'm going to echo Jesse's opinion of the Titans having an A in this draft. And here's why when you're a contending team like the Tennessee Titans, who were in the AFC Championship last year, you're going to lose players to free agency. And the Titans didn't miss a beat all of their draft picks keep them in a good spot to compete for even a super bowl this year in the now really competitive heavy afc conference you know and they filled all of the holes that they lost and maybe even improved in some areas you know i think isaiah wilson could potentially be an upgrade over jack conklin and you know they obviously save a lot of money by drafting guys instead of signing free agents to bigger deals you know and i think christian fulton is a great pick. And I think that he's going to play even better than he did at LSU because he has Dory Jackson on the other side, who I'd say is a proven cornerback one in the NFL. And then I also think, you know, they drafted Little Merchantson, and that's to replace Jerrell Casey. He's way cheaper. I mean, he's not going to do all the same things that Casey did, but he's way cheaper and way younger. So I think that he's going to get good quality snaps. And I think that the more snaps that he gets, he's going to do well. And Cole McDonald, you know, he's a way cheaper replacement to Marcus Mariota. And especially in a system like the Titans, where you run the ball a lot and the quarterback just has to complete some throws. You know, McDonald has a big arm. I think that he's going to be a great backup quarterback. And, you know, knowing Ryan Tannehill's injury history, I say that we probably get a look at Cole McDonald this year. And, you know, to get a guy like Cole McDonald as late as they did for a team like the Titans, I think is a great pick. So, no, I give the Titans an A for addressing their holes and getting younger and cheaper at basically every position that they lost to free agency.
2: Fair enough. <clears throat> Look, um, I'll have to be honest here. I really didn't get to see a lot of film on Isaiah Wilson, but the one game, and I watched the whole game, that I did see it was the SEC championship game. He definitely got dominated by Caleb Von Chasen <laughs> of LSU. So that's probably why my opinion of him is a little bit lower. Like, don't get me wrong, he's an SEC alignment and you really can't go wrong with him. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give the Titans a B minus. You know, I'm not too sure how good of a pick Isaiah Wilson right here is. I think I think he does feel a need, right? You do you get an, I, don't, I wouldn't say an upgrade, but you get somebody who might be as good as a Jack Conklin right now in Isaiah Wilson. But at 29, I think that might have been a little bit too early there. That's really the only knock I have on them. I think Christian Fulton is a steal. So that, uh, I love the Darian Evans pick. That really replaces Deion Lewis, honestly. And like you said, Cody, I like Cole McDonald. Uh, he has a great arm. His mechanics suck, though. <laughs> his footwork isn't great. His release is a little janky. But you know, has time to sit behind Ryan Tannehill and. Oh, he, i think he could be a solid backup quarterback hopefully get some of those things cleaned up and you know he might be a viable starter for the titans in the future because ryan Tannehill is 31 right now he's a lot older than i thought he was so i yeah. i don't think it's a bad thing to get somebody who's a little bit younger back him up overall it's still and, good <clears throat> go on
0: well i, I was just going to say something to consider you know with with like a draft <clears throat> efficiency you know and while you may not want to take Isaiah Wilson at 29, he was, he's not going to be there at 61. And the Titans didn't have to trade up or down a whole bunch in order to, you know, stay competitive in this draft. And I think that that's something to consider too. You know, and, and like you said, Cole McDonald, you know, he has a lot to work on, but getting him that late in the position that Tennessee has is ideal.
2: That's fair. I mean, like I said, a lot of a lot of his grade really does weigh on Isaiah Wilson and his, uh, his performance in that game against LSU. And I have seen him play a handful of other games as well, just not as much as I. that. That's fair. But it's, don't get me wrong, this isn't a bad draft. They still fill a lot of needs. And you know, at this point, I'm just nitpicking. But I think it's a good
0: draft
1: yep. for the Titans overall.
0: Yep, thumbs up for the Titans. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, that'll bring us to our next team then, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, they did sign, obviously, Phillip Rivers in the offseason. Um, and so, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give it, Cody, you give us your grade first on the, on the Colts.
0: You know, I'm gonna give the Colts an A-minus on this because they went out and they got weapons for Phillip Rivers and they also looked to the future. You now, Michael Pittman Jr., I think he's gonna be a great, you know, I think he's probably gonna end up being the wide receiver one for the Colts just with T.Y. Hilton's age, but I think that it's going to serve T.Y. Hilton and Phillip Rivers great. You know, I think Michael Pittman, he's another guy where in another draft that's not this year, he might have been a first round guy near the end of the first round. And it's going to be pick 34, you know, that's a great pick. And then they got Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, I honestly think is an upgrade over Marlon Mack. And... You know, it's also good that the Colts have Marlon Mack, though, because you guys know my biggest concern about Jonathan Taylor was just the fact that he was a Wisconsin running back and he had so many carries, but he's not going to be expected to carry the ball all the time and have the ball in his hands every play because they have Marlon Mack. And I think that that gives the Colts, honestly, the best backfield in the AFC South, potentially, I mean, other than maybe the Titans, and then therefore one of the best backfields in the AFC, if you are at least comparing them in the same conversation to the Titans, you know. And I think that Julian Blackman is an excellent pick, and Jacob Eason is a good look to the future, you know. I mean, taking him with the 120 second pick, that's the beginning of the fourth round, I believe. And I think that's exactly where Jacob Eason belongs, you know. Philip Rivers is signed to a one year deal, and Jacoby Brissett, I think, has one or two years left on his deal. I think that Jacob Eason could pick up where those guys left off, especially under the tutelage of Phillip Rivers, knowing that he's in the twilight of his career. So I give the Colts an A-minus for this draft. Not an A, but an A-minus just because I think that they got a lot better and they put themselves in the best position possible with their agenda to compete now and win now.
2: Oh, Oh, I I like it. Did you say A or A-minus? A-minus minus yeah I'll, I'll agree with that I, I would i would give them an a minus i think you know first off the Forrest buckner trade that ended up well you know you got a good lineman too so you could kind of add that to that draft class for this draft true, class true. as well yeah but, i mean all this is a really good draft class with position there and they drafted really well in my opinion and they did a really good job of uh you know finding value at positions that they needed. You know, I love the Michael Pittman uh sorry, not trade, Michael Pittman pick. I think he he could be a stud, he's a big bodied receiver. Uh he'll be a great compliment to T.Y. Hilton and uh Paris Campbell. Jonathan Taylor, you already hit on it, you know. Uh his you know his his worries was really just his durability, but you have Marlon Mack there and honestly this is a backfield that could average anything from one hundred eighty to two hundred yards a game, honestly. Rushing yards obviously. And I personally love the Jacob Eason pick. Is somebody that I wanted the Steelers to pick up. Honestly, man, he just has a rocket arm, you know. People have compared his arm talent, his arm talent, just his arm talent, Patrick Mahomes, you know, just you know, he could throw on the run, like and throwing dimes, you know, 60, 70 yard dimes. Uh, his biggest concern is honestly his attitude. And he would be the first one to say it. He has been the first one to say it that he partied too much at georgia that's why jake Fromm easily took his spot and never gave it back up and, you know even at washington like he did have struggles and it was because he didn't know the playbook as well as he should have even though he had a whole year to study it it you know, sounds a lot like Mason rudolph but i'm just saying i think this is somebody who could oh you know, he he could use the time to mature under phil rivers jacoby percent and you know possibly be the quarterback of the future so yeah, A minus. I love this half class for the Colts.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna just re reiterate what you guys said. Basically, I, I'm I'm gonna give them an A. I think um, I think they fill the hole. I think Michael Pittman um, is what puts an A for me. I think that is exactly what they needed. Um, they've always needed that big body receiver, like you said, Simon, and they got that in Michael Pittman. Um, but I also just want to hit on the Jonathan Taylor thing. I mean, now you like you guys have said now they. Now you have two number one guys in the backfield and neither of them have to carry the load. You can split them evenly and having two number one running backs, um, as we can see in the NFL this, this these days, is very beneficial. So having Jonathan Taylor um, in the second round, obviously at pick nine, so still early. Um, I think, again, me and Simon had him as our number one running back in this draft class. Um, having him go at uh, number two was was a, a great pick for a, a team that I definitely think will compete for possibly the Super Bowl this year in the AFC.
0: This was a great draft by the Colts. Like, I didn't realize how good it was until, like, looking at it a bit more now. But, like, I remember thinking during the day that the days uh, that the draft was happening, like, wow, this is a good draft class. But, wow, this is a good draft class, and the Colts are going to be a potential threat for the AFC this year, I think.
1: You're right. And I think I just <laughs> want to touch on two real fast before we move on. I feel like. Because we've talked about how talented this whole draft class was as a whole, that it's hard to mess it up. Unfortunately, the Steelers did. But <laughs> I know. It's hard, to, <laughs> it's hard to mess up this draft class because of how much talent was there.
0: Um, well, so well. you're going to
1: hear moving forward, you're going to hear lots of A's from us, I'm assuming. A's and B's because this was just a really talented draft class. It's been one of the more talented ones I've seen in really the last probably 10 to 15 years. I
0: can't yeah, remember it's- a more talented one.
2: I think I I was thinking about this the other day. I think it's pretty comparable to the Patrick Peterson, Julio Jones draft class. Was it Von Miller in there too?
0: 2011, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's,
0: 2011,
1: that's just, was the, 2011 was the first
0: one I thought
1: of. Yeah. yeah, didn't, yeah. Well, Von Miller drafted in 2012, so it we not did? the same one. But I mean, that era was yeah. That was there was a lot of good talent there. But yeah, this draft class is unpar- yeah. I'd Say so. Yeah. All right, so should we move on to our last team here in the AFC South, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars? So, Simon, I'll throw it to you first. What is your grade on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and who sticks out to you in their draft?
2: I had a lot of draft picks. I I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how many of these. Dra- oh no, how many of these draft picks they'll actually hit on? To be honest, but I mean, you really like like we said, it's a. Be deep class so i mean eventually you'll hit on something right <laughs> so i uh, i think i'll give uh jaguars draft class a b plus like i said i this is a like we've said it's a pretty deep class so at this point i'm really just splitting hairs you know compared to other draft classes from other teams i think the cj henderson pick at nine is a little bit of a reach but he's still a great draft pick don't get me wrong and you know he gets to stay in florida so bring that fan base with him but I think it was a little bit of a reach he does have tackling problems for sure but I, it's not a bad draft pick i love the caleb on chase and pick that's uh that's right where he should be going then Lavisca chenault in mean, somebody who probably could have been a first-round guy if he didn't have that injury and i'm hoping he does come back i've been hearing some solid things so far and uh yeah i'll, I'll give him a b plus I've, I like what they've done. I think they've definitely gotten better. Uh, but, you know, there's still some problems outside this draft class, like the whole Leonard Fournette situation. Um, maybe even the quarterback situation to a degree, honestly. But yeah, I'll give them B B+. Oh, sorry. Colin Johnson at pick 186, or sorry, 165. Texas, that big-bodied receiver, don't have a ton of those receivers in Jacksonville. So I think that's a great pickup for them as well. Potential sleeper. Yeah.
1: Go for it, Cody.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, you know, uh, we Jesse and I, well, we we were all watching this draft together, uh, Simon virtually with us, you know. Um, CJ Henderson is a good pick, you know, and I think that they had to take him at 9, because I don't think he would have been there at 20. You know, I know that they were willing to listen to some phone calls, but, you know, I know one team, the Atlanta Falcons, they were trying to Jump into the top ten, and I think they definitely would have taken CJ Henderson here. And I think that CJ Henderson was the second best corner in this draft, and that there, you know, there's not like a huge gap between like two and three, but I think that there is a gap that exists, and I think that he was definitively the second best cornerback in this draft. So I think that that's a good pick there. You know, Caleb Vaughn, we talked about him a little bit earlier when he was bullying Isaiah Wilson but he's a great draft pick. And, you know, I think that he's a multi-tool guy and drafting guy like Calevon Chasen, you know, is, it's good because, I mean, we talked about Jadavion Clowney going to the Jaguars, but I think Kalevon can do everything that Jadavion can do and maybe even more just because he is able to play in pass coverage. He did match up against slot receivers, you know, not a lot, but, you know, enough to show that he can do it from time to time and he could definitely play zone defense. So I think that Caleb is a great pick here. You know, LaVisca Chenault, Simon talked about it perfectly. You know, if he comes back from injury, this is a guy who, he was compared to Julio Jones at times throughout his collegiate career. And if the Jaguars get a Julio Jones-esque LaVisca Chenault, then, I mean, he's leagues better than, he's automatically the best receiver on the roster if he's healthy, I think and maybe even a top 10 receiver in the league if he's completely healthy. And, you know, LaVisca at full health, I think, could make a push into the, you know, Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs conversation of like the best receivers in this draft when he's fully healthy. Obviously the health concerns are the reason that he fell as far as he did, but I think that's a great pick. I think Devon Hamilton is a good pick at defensive line, you know, and the Jaguars, made it known that they were basically reshuffling. You know, they got rid of all their old players. They traded away Bouye, they traded away Kaliis Campbell, you know, they let a bunch of people walk in free agency. And they're just getting new, younger players in. I think that Josiah Scott is going to be a good cornerback two or three complimentary of CJ Henderson. You know, and, you know, I'm not going to say that this Jaguars team is going to be good, but they have pieces, you know, because I think that last year they were pretty empty and You know, Simon brought up a great point that Leonard Fournette is still an issue. And I think that they should have drafted a running back. So for that reason of drafting all the talent that they they did, but not being in a place to compete this year, I'm gonna give them a B minus for this draft.
1: All right, well, I will just flip that uh, minus to a plus. I think I'm gonna give the Jaguars a B plus in this draft. Um, Like we said, we've already talked about the top three guys. Um, I just want to put in my two cents for LaVisca Chennault I mean I watched him play all of his career at Colorado um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and say if he comes back fully healthy obviously he's in Jacksonville so which hurts him but if he's on another team like Atlanta I do think LaVisca if he's healthy makes an MVP push in the NFL um, we saw Julio Jones win an MVP wait no he did not it was Matt Ryan no. my apologies um, <laughs> offensive of the year.
2: or sorry yeah. offensive player of the year
1: yeah offensive player of the year um, and I think that yeah, if LaVisca is healthy, I think he can make a push for the Offensive Player of the Year. Um, he is—he was compared to Julio Jones throughout his college career. Um, they even said, look out for this guy because he's a little bit bigger and a little bit faster. So um, if you get a guy like like Julio Jones, but a little bit bigger and a little bit faster, if he's 100%, um, I think it's to steal the draft for sure. Um, to get him in the second round, I think he's... If he comes out healthy, like we said, um, he will be... A great number one receiver and he'll be in Jacksonville for a long time if they can figure out the quarterback situation um, but I also want to touch Cody just touched on Josiah Scott first for a little bit the reason he fell to the fourth round was he's a little bit undersized um, if he was a little bit bigger I think he would be going around the second the second round um, second round grade I think he's a very talented player he does come from a, um, a family where they had four including him four defensive college collegiate defensive back so it's definitely a talented family so he has the genes there um, I know Simon touched a little bit on Colin Johnson obviously I think he's going to be uh, an impact player at, at his position I think wide receiver I think he to get him in the fifth round is a big steal um, he was he was a dude for Texas so uh, given given the shot I think he can um, really really thrive in the Jacksonville offense and uh, the final guy I want to touch on is Shaquille Quarterman linebacker out of Miami he was the first Miami guy to get drafted um out of this this class and I, I heard some crazy stat. like this is the first time in since like 1980 that uh, a Miami guy hasn't gotten drafted till the fourth round but um that being said I think Shaquille Quarterman is um I know we talked about it in our our previews I think he is what what Jacksonville was looking for obviously I know they signed Joe Schobert, but I think Shaquille Quarterman he is one of the best leaders I think in this draft class he um he was the leader at Miami and he earned that position through through hard work and just the ability to be able to lead. So I think Shaquille Quarterman will fit into that Jacksonville <clears throat> defense um great and I think he can lead lead that defense. They could they could definitely find an identity in a guy like Shaquille Quarterman.
2: Yeah, agreed. Uh Quarterman's underrated in my opinion. And he could he could definitely contribute right away. It's good they you know signed Joe Schobert, but it doesn't hurt having a little bit of depth and you know i think that's that's a good pick
0: as well yep so does that do it for the jacksonville jaguars
1: that does and that that in turn wraps up the uh, afc south
0: sure does coming up next we got the afc east
2: All right, y'all. welcome back to the cycle 365 this is episode 30 We recorded on april 28th weekend or sorry the week after the NFL draft and we got the afc east so starting off with the patriots won the division last year lost a lot of people um man <laughs> i'm gonna be real i i don't like the patriots draft class <laughs> i'm gonna have to give them an f like i've heard some things about you know kyle duggar and Ashuchi, I guess. I like Inferni Jennings. I, I, I think I might have to give them an F. I think this is a little bit more well-deserved than the Steelers draft grade, if I'm being honest. And it's just because, you know, I don't know if Kyle Duggar was the best pick. Or no, I know for a fact that he wasn't the best pick at 37. You got guys like, you know, like a Jonathan Taylor out there. Or, you know, Christian Fulton or Grant Delpit. I, get, I feel like that's just not the greatest look. Like, maybe they could have... This is probably the point where they could have taken Jalen Hurts. They didn't take a quarterback this entire draft, which is another concern. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I really only like Infernee Jennings, honestly. He could be a Dante Hightower type. Uh, yeah, I, I'll have to give him an F. Let's see. It might go up depending on if y'all have, you know, some... Uh, some arguments for this draft class, but at most, it might even be able to go up to a D- minus. at best, so yeah.
0: Well, good, Simon, good away. I am going to do you one better, and I'm going to give the Patriots an F-plus because they put themselves <laughs> in a great position to tank for Trevor Lawrence next year. If they sure. don't get Trevor Lawrence, then this is a Z-minus. Because this is going to be like the worst draft I've ever seen by any team, maybe ever. Like you said, and Fernie Jennings is the only player here that's even worth saying their name. I mean, gosh, the Patriots in back to back picks, 10 picks away, took a tight end twice. And I don't even think that, I I don't see these guys, no, no, no. I don't see these guys being on the Patriots roster even maybe next year. I mean, like, oh, my gosh. And like you said, Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar? When Grant Delpit is still on the board? And, oh, my gosh. This is one of the worst drafts I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, they got the replacement for uh, for Stephen Goskowski, but Jesse told me during this draft that it was the first player that they didn't have any film on because he was from Marshall, and he was a kicker, that they took at the 159th pick. So, you know. I give him an F plus because, you know, I know Bill Belichick is probably tanking for Trevor Lawrence. And if the Patriots get Trevor Lawrence next year, then they're probably going to win like 50 Super Bowls. And I am going to be found in my bathroom hanging from my ceiling.
2: Oh my! I don't know if we could. (laughs) Uh, Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, I will be found in my bathroom in a very bad state. There we go. I would,
2: I would probably still get a Trevor Lawrence Patriots jersey. I'm a fan. But um yeah, that Bill's dog really uh really put this draft on auto draft, huh? Oh, what do I you do- got, Jesse?
0: Auto draft wouldn't even be <laughs> this bad. But yeah, go ahead, Jesse.
1: <laughs> um, well I was gonna say I did see a report that said that um the Patriots not drafting a quarterback was by design, which leads me to believe that yes, I think they are tanking for Trevor, which is a bad just bad news for everybody. But um, This year, talking about this year's draft, I would agree. Um, I'm going to say F plus as well. Um, nice. I think Fernie Jennings is, yeah, like we said, the only one that's really worth uh, mentioning. Um, I will say, yes, I did tell Cody about uh the kicker, Justin, ooh, how do you say his name, Rohuweiser, something like that.
0: Uh, I don't even, that's why I didn't I even try. It.
1: Yeah. Um. So, yes, I did say that he was the first player they didn't have um film on but i also in the few days following the draft um that we've been in i've heard a lot of already bad things about him and the fact that he does have a tattoo on his arm um that's very political and he needs to get it covered up in order to play so um that's just not the it's not what you want to see Um, wait
0: wait wait can i look this up did you guys look it up already
1: um i didn't it's like a white supremacist
2: symbol
0: yeah so i mean like oh not good good (laughs) it's the first thing it's the first thing that comes up when you look at patriots kicker
2: yeah because it was a big deal um yeah man i don't know i think bill he he really let his dog draft for him and it showed i don't know if y'all i'm pretty sure y'all saw that because it was one of the highlights of the weekend by the way just i don't think we brought this up yet this draft presentation was really good, and I thought the NFL did a good job. This is one of the few things I'll give Roger Goodell credit for. My entire life.
1: Yeah, cool. I, I definitely would agree. I think oh, it was. Yeah. I think I think it was good. I think the stay at home draft Needed was this. a very big success.
0: It was Needed it was this. a good draft, and also Bill Belichick's house is so modest compared to so many NFL other NFL coaches, especially when we get to the NFC. We'll be talking about that for sure. But yeah, his kitchen. I'm not even gonna cap. It looks like my grandpa's kitchen. Like <laughs> it's really just mellow. So yeah, but yeah.
1: let me just are you say Are we done more
0: talking about, about
1: oh go ahead. Yeah, let me just say one more thing about the Patriots draft. I think I do think that one guy I will look at that I think will make the team is Devin Asiasi, the tight end at LSU. I know, or sorry, not LSU, UCLA. Um he's very I mean not a lot of people talk about him, but I think obviously they need a tight end in uh in new england i think he he fits the bill better than dalton keen or whatever i don't i don't think they should have gone two tight ends in a row like you said cody with t- uh 10 picks like apart um but i think david asiasi might might have a chance to make this this roster so we'll see but that's it sure
2: yeah sure i'll, I'll give him that but still i mean you know that albert o was there Ison hopkins was there thaddeus moss was there
1: like yeah thaddeus <laughs> moss know. Thaddeus Moss didn't even get drafted, though. He was, a, he was a undrafted
2: free agent. It's true. That was surprising. But we'll get to that uh, probably
1: next week, though.
2: Um, is there anything else y'all wanted to add?
1: No. Patriots draft bad. Patriot draft bad. <laughs>
2: All right. Let's move on to the Bills, who will probably take over this division moving forward. But, you no, know, I honestly, I, I kind of like it. You know, they didn't, they didn't have a first-round pick, right? They got stefan Diggs. Did. Yeah,
1: they yes, did not. Stephon Diggs is part of
2: their. Diggs. Diggs. Yeah. So if you add him into this, this probably gives them, you know, one letter grade better. I think I'll give them a solid B. Um. Yeah, I'll I'll give them a B. I like the AJ Epenesa pick. You know, you add another beast uh, with Ed Oliver. They continue to build that defense. Zach Moss. That's a great compliment to Devon. Uh, sorry, the devon Singletary. Um, and then Jake Fromm, you know, I think think Josh Allen needs to be pushed. He's been a little bit too comfortable his first two years. And I think this would be good because Jake Fromm, he's somebody who takes care of the ball way better than Josh Allen. And he might be considered, I, at least in my opinion, I, I consider him a way better leader and intangible wise, just way better than Josh Allen. So he's somebody who could potentially learn from Josh Allen. And you know, if Josh Allen doesn't work out, you got another guy in there that you could try out. and There won't, wouldn't be that bad of a, you know, of a talent drop. If not, then you could trade him back and, you know, get some value for him. But I, I'll give them a solid B for
0: this draft. I will also give them a solid B for Buffalo Bills. <laughs> now, I mean, Zach Moss, I think is a great pick for Buffalo. And honestly, I think that he could even potentially be better than Singletary in this system. And you know, I think that having two solid running backs in the backfield will take the pressure off of Josh Allen or Jake Fromm, whoever's under center. And I think another thing about the Jake Fromm pick that I really like is, you know, Josh Allen is a mobile quarterback. He does run around. He does put his body on the line. You know, he doesn't slide as much as you know Buffalo would probably like him to. So having Jake Fromm as insurance is a good thing. And I think that we might even see Jake Fromm play a few times this year. You know, you already addressed AJ uh, Epinesa is a good pick. And, you know, I think that, yeah, I think that this is a solid draft and, you know, they got a couple more wide receivers just to uh, throw in the mix there. And like, like you said, Stephon Diggs is a great first round pick, honestly, and probably the best receiver that Buffalo has had. I mean, he's better than Sammy Watkins was even at the peak of his powers. So I don't, I can't remember a Buffalo wide receiver as good as Stephon Diggs.
1: Yeah. And going off that, I'm gonna actually go ahead and give this draft class an A um, for Buffalo. I think.
0: Oh I Jesse, really... you're such an easy greater. <laughs> I wish Buffalo. I wish Jesse was my professors, dude.
1: Yeah, he's <laughs> greater. But I think I think what comes down to the fact that obviously I know we can't throw um, Stephon Diggs into this, but for not having a first round pick and I look at like their second, third, fourth, fifth, just this draft thing like they, they did get first-round talent guys um, later in the draft. I mean, I think A.J. Epinesa is a first-round talent guy. Obviously, he has some some growing to do and um, a little bit of developing to go through, but I still think he's a first-round guy, and to get him at pick 54 um, in the second round, late in the second round, I think is, is huge. Um, also, I know we touched on Zach Moss. I think he'll be the starting running back there um, in the near future. Um, I, I want to say he'll probably start over Devin Singletary this year. Um, just because I think yeah he fits that that bill more. Um, I also like the love the Jake From uh, draft. I think he they, he's a great insurance backup to um, to stick in there. And then I want to say G- uh, Gabriel Davis and Isaiah Hodges. Those are two guys I'm looking at. Two receivers, one in the fourth, one in the sixth. I think that um, throwing those two guys into that um, receiver room is is huge. I think Isaiah Hodges is. Uh, I think he's a, a fourth-round talent guy. that They got in the sixth just out of or- uh, Oregon State. That's why he fell so so far, but I think that he can be a guy that can make a difference um, on this team. That's fair. I us see it. So, yeah. hey. there anything else? I think that's it. Yeah. The Bills.
2: They didn't do anything to hurt them. They are uh, still on track to lead this division in the near future. All right, so moving on the new york jets and you know i'll i'll go ahead and give them an a right here they drafted way better than i thought they would than they have i should say in the past uh, let's let's start with their first round pick makai Beckton. i think this was kind of expected here you know you got to protect sam darnold uh this is a good pick as far as i'm concerned and yeah i i mean i'm sure there are other guys there but i think at this point you gotta, gotta work towards you know progressing sam darnold and Oh, I'll, I'll give Sam this. He has shown some flashes this last season and now it's just more of a, you know, let's get consistent, let's stay healthy, that type of thing. And I think Makai Becton's a great step towards that for Sam, Sam Darnold. And they picked up Denzel oh Mins the second round. This is something who I felt should have went in front of Jalen Rhaegar, uh, potentially. But, oh, it is what it is. They, they, he fell to them. You know, this guy is somebody who will replace Robbie Anderson. He could be potentially better than Robbie Anderson. Now, just go over these uh, next couple picks. Ashton Davis, you know, shore up that defense. That's a great pickup. Michael P. Ryan, you add a running back there that could potentially push Le'Veon Bell. You never know. Uh, You add in James Morgan, who is somebody that I know the Patriots were looking at. Now, multiple other teams are looking at. Somebody who could be a sleeper type of quarterback. And, you know, he's somebody who... Oh, if Sam Darnold doesn't do his job, he's right there. And lastly, Bryce Hall. We've talked about him. I was surprised he fell you know, this far to the fifth round. You now I knew he had, that, you know, that injury, but I didn't think it'd be that big of a deal. Maybe it's because of this whole pandemic; they can't send their doctors out there and really confirm if he's all right. Or not, but I think this is a great pickup for the Patriots, getting a first-round talent if he comes back healthy. Hey. All right, Jets, not Patriots. Right, A for the Jets.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to agree with you, Simon. I think this is an A draft. Um, me and Cody me and Cody talked about it multiple, multiple times after the draft that Bryce Hall falling to the fifth round is absolutely absurd. Um, I think he is first-round talent for sure if he's healthy. Um, I mean, there were multiple times throughout the, the college season at the very beginning where he was supposed to be the number one cornerback taken. Um, so I think to get him in in the fifth round is a ridiculous steal, and then I think Ashton Davis. Um, we talked about him for a second. Um, I think him next to Jamal Adams is is going to be going to be great for that for that defensive secondary. Um, Ashton Davis is he's a track guy, so he's very fast, and I think that that was a great pick for them. Um, obviously, we talked about Denzel Mims, um, and then Makai Bexton. Makai Beckton was my number one offensive lineman in this year's draft, so to get him at pick 11 i think is is great
0: yeah um i'm gonna also give the jets an a i thought about giving him an an a minus because i don't know i don't know if james morgan was the best pick you know i mean jake Fromm was still there when they took james morgan but i i'm gonna say that every other draft pick James Morgan was the only thing stopping the Jets from having an A-plus draft, in my opinion. Makai Becton, great pick. Probably the best offensive lineman that the Jets have had in a very long time, maybe since DeBrickashaw Ferguson. You know, he's he's pretty raw, but I think that he'll round into a solid long-time Jets defense, uh, offensive tackle. And, you know, it gives Sam Darnold some protection. Denzel Mims was an absolute... Just, I, I'm i gonna call him a steal at pick 59 just because of some of the guys that were taken in front of him. Uh, I think that Denzel Mim should've went a lot sooner in the draft. And you know, uh, a lot of people had the Jets taking, you know, a wide receiver in the first round with their pick for Sam Darnold to throw to, but they managed to hit the nail right on the head with these first two picks to give Sam Darnold something to work with by protecting him and giving him a legitimate target I already think that Denzel Mims is better than Robbie Anderson. I think Robbie Anderson's kind of a low-key clown. So, you know, <laughs> I think and Denzel Mims isn't going to do anything stupid and, like, getting off the field trouble, I don't think. You know, I think he's a good guy. Ashton Davis, I was really, really high on Ashton Davis coming into this draft just because of how athletic he is. And I think that, you know, you pair Bryce Hall, who we've all talked about as a huge steal here at pick 158. Ashton Davis is... You know, he's kind, of a, he's kind of a cowboy, you know, and he's like the opposite of a gunslinger, I guess, like on the defensive side of the ball, where he's kind of a wild card, you know. He's super fast, he relies on his athleticism a lot. And I think that that's going to work just because of how skilled Jamal Adams and Bryce Hall are, that Ashton, Ashton Davis' play style is gonna work. He's also a guy who can blitz, you know, and they can use him on special teams. I think that he's gonna be he might be the pro bowl selection for special teams. I know that that's not usually a big deal, but you know, the jets will take any pro bowlers that they can get. And I also think that Lamichael well, Michael Perrine is a great pick here, you know, I mean, he kind of comes from Florida pretty sure. And, you know, his, I think his combine was pretty all right. And, you know, considering, you know, that Le'Veon Bell is still kind of a question mark. I think that Perrine can, you know, he's a guy who could probably carry the ball 20 times a game. For this Jets offense. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, Brandon Mann is from Texas AM that has the moniker of Punter U. So I think that that's a great pick for a punter. You know, we don't talk about punters a lot in the NFL, but they do help out your defense, especially and in turn your offense with a good field position. And the Jets punt a lot. So, you know, I think that's a great pick that should help out the rest of their team. And, you know, I, I give them an A. This is a good draft. However, they're still going to go six and ten because Adam Gase is their head coach. So,
1: I will say, yeah. Lamichael P Ryan <laughs> is the cousin of Samaje P Ryan, so there's there's <laughs> some ties there.
2: <laughs> His Pick was a little bit better though.
0: Yep. Is that it? Yeah, oh? that's all I had to say about the Jets. <laughs> they're still going to be bad. Good draft, still going to be bad.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll give them that. All right. So next up, we have the Miami Dolphins at number five in this draft. And they got their guy. Uh, Sorry, let me let me backtrack a little bit. I I give them a straight up A+. I think, in my opinion, they honestly had probably the best draft class of arguably one of the best draft classes out of all of them in the NFL. And it all starts with their number five pick in Tua Tagovailoa knew all that stuff with smokescreen, mirrors like saying, oh, we might take Justin Herbert or might trade down or up or whatever. But I think they get they get a great one in Tua. You know, he's somebody who honestly be their best quarterback since Dan Marino. Honestly. And if I still really want a Tua Tagovailoa Vailoa Dolphins jersey. I think that would be a But moving forward, I got some help on the offensive line in Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt. Both guys who the Miami Dolphins invested early on Pixon. I like both of these pickups because, uh, you know, you got to you gotta help Tua out. He's coming off of an injury. He, even if he doesn't play right away, you still got to fix that O-line. And I think the Dolphins did enough, honestly, in this draft to fix it. And they also picked up uh, Solomon Kinley in the fourth round, I want to say out of Georgia. That offensive guard, he's a steal. I was surprised he was still there. He should be able to help Tua out as well. And then... Oh, man. There's just so many good players here on the defensive side. You know, they stacked up. Uh, I'll, I'll go in reverse order. Curtis Weaver, he, I was surprised he was there in the later rounds. Great. He definitely had him mocked. Yeah, we had him mocked earlier on. I think he's a possibly day one starter. Yeah, that's a great pickup. Brandon Jones, the safety out of Texas, he was solid for us. He was you know, one of our younger guys who really stepped it up. and I think the Dolphins are getting a good one to p- replace Rashad uh, uh, Jones, I think. And, yeah. and then Raquan Davis at 56, that's a great pickup. You get a beast in the middle of that, you know, of that whole defensive line for the Dolphins. And then even at 30, some people weren't as sure about this. But, you know, honestly, it really doesn't matter as much because they already have two good corners in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones. But no, not. My god, I almost had it. But not I'm not gonna get it. The corner out of Auburn. <clears throat> the corner out of Auburn.
0: Get tried. Uh, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a C plus for effort. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know, it it's fine. He's he's a good pickup, you know. It's not the worst a borderline second or third round guy, anyways, and this was at the end of the first, so it's not the worst reach, but they still get a talented raw who could learn under Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, in my opinion. So, A+. Plus. Oh, in addition, lastly, they did draft our boss, Malcolm Perry, at wide receiver. Last draft pick that they had. Respect. Well- yeah.
0: I'm going to give my first A+, plus of my draft grades to the Miami Dolphins. You know, it's one thing to have a draft board and follow it. It's another thing to have a draft mission and stick to it as well as the Miami dolphins did. They drafted Tua with pick number five, and then they made it abundantly clear that protecting Tua is the most important thing to the Miami dolphins franchise and its future. And they did that by drafting Austin Jackson, Robert hunt, Solomon Kinley way later than he probably should have gone if I'm being completely honest. And I think that these three guys can all start for the dolphins i don't know necessarily about day one but i think that these three will be linemen protecting two attacker by Loa for a long time and then Raquan davis at pick 56 is a great pick the only question mark that i had was the cornerback out of auburn at pick 30 but i talked to jesse during this draft and i said that you know later picks make earlier picks make more sense sometimes if that makes sense so they took noah pick 30 because they knew that they couldn't probably get him at pick 39 you know and you just have to do that because it's a draft you're also drafting against other people you know so i think that they had a great draft simon you already mentioned it curtis weaver great pick you know and we'll see if malcolm perry ends up playing for the dolphins you know just because he is coming from a military institution but you know if he does play he could be definitely an x factor on end around, screens, double passes, you know, cause he played quarterback. And so, you know, he'd be a, he'd be a very fun play, uh, player for a coach to just design a whole bunch of fun plays for, so.
2: you could be a
1: Taysom Hill type.
0: Yep. But way more athletic. Yes.
1: Um, I 100% give this draft a, an A+. Um, it's one thing to make good picks, But when you have this many picks and you don't mess any of them up, that's pretty, pretty great. Um, They had a lot of picks and every single pick it looks like they took. um, Not only did it help them get better because anyone they took made them help them get better, but (laughs) they picked the right guys. Um, Like I said, I think one guy, obviously Cody and Simon, you guys talked about most of these guys, but one guy I also will say is Jason Strobridge, the defensive end out of North Carolina. Um, He's not going to be the flashiest guy, but he's definitely a depth guy that, We'll get in there and um, rest the quarterback um, very very well. So I think literally every every name I see on this list is going to help this team win and compete. I think even well, obviously you're not going to compete with Ryan Fitzpatrick or um, oh what's the what's the guy's Rosen. name? Yeah, Rose. yeah, Josh Rosen. Or you're not going to compete with Josh Rosen either. But once Tua gets on the field with all these these names in this draft in this draft class, I think that they can definitely compete and and definitely make a push in the AFC. At yeah, okay.
0: keep in mind, listeners, that the Dolphins already said that they plan on sitting Tua for basically this entire first year, make sure he's healthy, make sure he's right, and just give him time to learn the system in the playbook. And, you know, I think it's very important that ownership was behind this, as was coach Brian Flores. You know, and I think that everyone getting in there before Tua, because I think Tua, you know, mentally could play day one, but I feel like a lot of these guys are going to have some mental hurdles and obstacles to work through. And I think that by the time they figure it out after a year of playing, you know, Tua is going to step in and then they'll compete for the AFC East. You know, so if they do bad for another year, they'll get even more good players to help out Tua next year, potentially.
2: Yeah, for sure. And there's no pressure on Tua to play right now, I don't think. I mean, no. honestly, the only pressure uh, you know, on him to play is probably from himself because, you know, he's a competitor. And that's, yeah, that's just how it is, you know. I think it will do the Dolphins a lot of good just to sit in one year. You know, I mean, would you rather have it for two or three good years or 15 to 20 good years? You know what I mean? And, you know, there's a really good foundation here already. Give those linemen some time to, you know, figure it out in the NFL one more year. And then by the time Tool comes in there, you know, he just does his thing. And yeah, I honestly... Dolphins had a ton of draft picks. I'm sure this is, <laughs> I'm sure the Jaguars, when they acquired all their draft picks, this is kind of what they wanted to do. But they didn't really do that. And I think the Dolphins, they made the most out of every single draft pick, honestly. And they filled a lot of needs. They got a lot of talent. And a lot of these guys can start day one. And if they can't start day one, then there will be a quality backup. So I can't even be mad. I give them an A+. I love this draft Right. is that it that is it Moving on. next up we got the afc west i know y'all have a lot to say about this we have some uh, disagreements already yeah, coming up next
1: Everybody, welcome back to the Cycle Three Six Five episode thirty, our draft recap. Um, so, with the uh, final segment here of this week's episode, we're going to talk about the AFC West draft classes. I know Cody is itching to get into get into the Broncos draft, so um, let's let's get into it. So, the first team is the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. Boo! But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Boo. but um, they. They did win the division, and they also were in this draft. So let's look at their draft. Um, I'm going to start out by just saying probably a C for this draft class. Um, <laughs> they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the first round, which, yes, I think will fit their system. But they were better better options for sure. I think DeAndre Swift, if he, DeAndre Swift went here, I think that would be more beneficial for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And then I'll talk about their second-round pick, Willie gay junior out of uh mississippi state he has lots of lots of legal issues and i do think that he won't make it more than two years in the nfl without getting arrested so i don't think that that is a very good pick either um so yeah really that's the only thing i have to say about this draft class what do you guys think
0: i'm gonna say that this is a c minus bordering on d plus i think that edwards hilaire is a reach here at pick 32 you know, he's going to work in the Kansas City offense, but sheesh. Uh, these first two picks, I feel like the ga- The Chiefs just stumbled out of the gate and then they just continued. I think that honestly, Legereus Sneed might be their best pick this draft as far as where they're drafted and how much they can contribute to this team. So I also don't think that Lucas, I'm not gonna try and say his last name and mispronounce it, but I don't think that he's gonna play for the Chiefs in the next few years. You know, I, I just don't think he's that good of a tackle, and yeah, I'm just I'm not overly impressed by this Chiefs draft.
2: <laughs> All right, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll give him a C plus. No, y'all are a little biased because y'all are Broncos fans, but I do. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about the upside, for the first two picks because I think those are their best picks in my opinion. Um, at Edward Taylor, he's someone I've always been high on, and sure, you know, you could have went with a DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. I think this is someone who will be a seamless fit you know, what the let's see this is just my straight up opinion what the LSU Tigers were doing with Hilaire's be close to what Patrick Mahomes was doing with the Kansas City Chiefs and what was going on over there and I think him and Damian Williams right? Damian Williams uh, they'll yeah. be a big threat you know, am I, this is just my honest opinion I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire could be a ton better than what Kareem Hunt was for them I think he's just a tough uh, for runner in my opinion. I don't know about better hands. I He still has pretty good hands, but he is a little bit shorter, so there's that. I think this is somebody who really fits their system, and you know, I mean, honestly, like, if the talent's not there, I think this is probably one of the best, like, just fits, like, scheme fits out of a lot of the players taken in this NFL draft. I can't think of many other players that were uh, drafted into a much better scheme fit than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, I'm really high on him, I think he's great. Willie Gay Jr., Like he has a ton of talent and he showed it. He definitely gives off Vonta's perfect vibes. So however long he lasts in the NFL will completely depend on his attitude. So this is, you know, I mean, this is either a home run or you strike out right here for them. S of them, they're pretty forgettable. I mean, just depth guys. I mean, I guess they probably could've snagged a Bryce Hall, that would've been cool, but I and mean, I didn't really expect the Chiefs to have a super great draft. They didn't have a ton of draft picks or a ton of high draft picks at that, because they did win the Super Bowl. But I mean but with they... the... Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say with the guys that got Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a hit, that I think we could they could get away with it. So that's why I'm giving them a C plus. You know. If Willie Gay uh Junior pans out, then you know Maybe there's potential for that grade to go up, but the rest of these guys are definitely depth guys for sure.
0: And another thing to consider is that the Chiefs did retain over half of their starters. So I think that they're just trying to win with the exact same team that they have. So, you know, with that in mind, they definitely can win a Super Bowl with the same team they have. But I mean, there's just so many question marks with all of these picks, honestly. So... That's my C-minus.
2: All right.
0: I mean, hey, I I believe in Clyde Edwards-Solair.
2: I really did want them to take a corner, though. I was Oh, they I know, definitely I, should
0: have taken a corner. I, yeah, I, I, I think they the took Charities a nail there. Probably, I think that they're going to move Snead to cornerback, honestly, just because he's really yeah. fast and athletic.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They'll still probably go to the
1: Super Bowl, though. Boys,
2: let's move on. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we will see. But I'm um, not bringing to our next team, the Denver Broncos. Um, Cody, I'm just going to give you the uh, floor. Go for it.
0: Okay. <laughs> Getting through this draft, other than the first pick, was so hard as a Broncos fan because I feel like John Elway just ignores, like, the same things that we've needed, like, every year. And And, okay, so these guys that the Broncos drafted other than Ogimoutier or whatever the heck from Iowa, who, gosh, none of his, okay, here we go. Let's start with the positives for the Broncos. Jerry Judy, great pick. I would have preferred CeeDee Lamb, but Jerry Judy is still going to produce in this Broncos offense. I think that he's gonna be a thousand yard receiver his first year in the NFL. And then in the next round, we took another wide receiver. Now, KJ Hamler is one of the fastest people in this draft, uh, one of the faster players in this draft, but we didn't take Travon Diggs, and I think that we need a cornerback. I mean, the Broncos rotate cornerbacks a lot in their system, and I think that Travon Diggs is a potential cornerback one for the future of this franchise that we let the Cowboys get, and we took KJ Hamler who, I mean, he's fast, but speed doesn't last a super long time in the NFL, and I think that this is a very nearsighted pick. I think that it's not like I I, I just think that it's very nearsighted and I don't think that that's what the Broncos needed to do and then taking this cornerback from Iowa all of his interceptions were thrown right to him he didn't do anything special on film and he's he was third team all Big Ten compared to how many other cornerbacks are still there at 77. This was a terrible pick and I think easily the worst pick that the Broncos made the entire draft They redeemed themselves just a little bit with floyd cushionberry the third i think that we could have waited a little bit to take him or i even think that byadas out of wisconsin was a better center if i'm being completely honest just because i don't think that he was surrounded by as many good linemen as cushionberry was on the interior of that lsu line and you know we took big al which is which is cool but like are okay how are we are we gonna go an empty backfield okay let me just do some math here. Okay, so we have Noah Fant, who's already our starting tight end, and then we draft Big, Big Al. Like, we if we have both of them on the field, are we gonna have two receivers, and then like a running back? Like, there's just not enough room on the field for all the players that we already, A, have on the roster, and B, drafted in this draft class. And there were so many better players that we could have taken. Like, we had multiple chances to take Malik Harrison, who would be a huge upgrade, over Todd Davis. And I mean, there's just, there's linebackers that were better that we didn't take. And there were defensive backs that were better that we didn't take. And I feel like this is just a, one huge missed opportunity after another. And that's why the Broncos are going to get a C. I know I said a lot of bad things, but Jerry Judy means that you can't have a D. So, and Big Al is still going to be good. That's that's my thought on the Broncos.
1: Go right, Jesse. I don't know. I'll, I'll give them a C+. Um, I do think they got they got some pieces that they can work with. Um, I do know that they obviously looking at this draft class. They're going for speed to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs and Tyree Kill. Um, and so now with the addition of Melvin Gordon in the backfield and this draft class of Jerry Judy, Big Al, um, KJ Hamler, and even in the seventh round they got receiver Tyree Cleveland out of Florida. I think all these guys are just track stars, basically. And I think, yeah, we may have the fastest team in the AFC West now, but all in all, that, that's not going to win you a championship. Speed's not going to win you a championship or a Super Bowl in the NFL. So um, that's great that you got a bunch of, bunch of receivers. I'll agree with Cody, I think, that they drafted too many guys in the positions that we didn't need. And there are other needs on the field, uh, which is why they get a C plus um, in my book. But I also like the uh, the drafted pick three, McTelvin Nagim, defensive tackle out of Arkansas. I think he can go in to that, uh, go straight into the off the defensive line there, and really make a difference uh, at tackle. So, all in all, I mean, you gave you gave Drew Locke a <coughs> ton of weapons. I know Simon texted me during the second, during the third day of the draft, right after they drafted Big Al, said if if. Uh, Drew Locke doesn't throw for 4,000 yards, something's wrong and I agree with him. So like, just look for this offense to be, I guess be a high-flying offense. So that's what we gotta look forward to.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna say my draft grade. I'm giving them a B minus. Look, I, they're not good. Y'all aren't gonna compete. And I think everyone knows that. But y'all are gonna be really fun to watch. Jerry Judy is a great pickup. In my opinion, he's better than CD Lamb. He's a lot more crisp. Went up against tougher competition on defense and still showed out week after week. So I think that's a great pickup. Now him on the opposite side of Cortland Sutton, you can't guard both of them. So there's that. Jay Hamler, I know y'all aren't huge fans of him because of you could have got, but he is a real quality slot wide receiver who could honestly he'll he'll tear up a lot of teams. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton for some reason are you now if they're being covered like for some reason then KJ Hamler is good for at least a hundred receiving yards I say that and look I, I like I like Ward Cushenberry I agree that Tyler Midas might have been a little bit better but you know you get a guy with uh championship blood in him and LSU and I think he's somebody that you could plug in there and he'll probably be an upgrade over somebody and Albert o, hey you know I was a big fan I was a little surprised he dropped this far I didn't know Completely about his injury history, but uh, I think he's somebody who already has that chemistry with Drew Locke. And I think, you know, Albert O, this pick was, it was more for y'all to have multiple looks on offense because Pat Shermer, he is, in my opinion, a great offensive mind and you don't want to be too one-sided, you want to run some two tight end looks, some spread looks, all of that stuff. And if I'm being honest, after this draft, the Broncos definitely have, in my opinion, the most talented offensive uh, skill group in the AFC West, possibly even the AFC. So all of these picks, <laughs> I know what John Elway was doing. All of these picks put all the pressure on Drew Locke because it's really hard to be like, look, hey man, <laughs> Drew Locke doesn't do well, then the Broncos don't do well. You could probably put all the blame on Drew Locke. And I think... John Elway sees it that way. Most of the rest of the NFL sees it that way. And you know, they, this draft was basically, you know, it was to help Drew Lock. At the same time, it was to, you know, put some of the blame on Drew Lock in case y'all don't have a good season. I do agree y'all could have got better corners and at least drafted a middle linebacker at some point. But uh, y'all didn't. <laughs> and so those are still glaring uh, holes in y'all's defense moving forward. Especially cornerback, I would say, because I'm not completely sure who y'all have there right now. I
0: would also like to point out that we had multiple chances to pick Josh Jones. And because we didn't take him, Garrett Bowles is going to be our starting left tackle, which is still bad.
2: Yeah, so there's that too. I didn't think y'all drafted as great
0: as
2: as y'all could have either.
0: I would like like to clarify, despite my rant these players are still members of the Denver Broncos and I'm still their fan. And I hope that they do well and even exceed expectations. But as it stands right now, I am not, not thrilled.
1: All right. I right. know. heard it here first. Cody is not thrilled to be a Broncos fan at this moment, but that I, would I would be <laughs>
0: but
1: anyway. So let's continue to move on. Um, to our next team the Las Vegas Raiders yes the Las Vegas. Vegas Raiders um yeah let's let's talk about them I'm gonna give them straight up an F I think they had a terrible draft <laughs> um I mean obviously you could say I have some bias they did draft Henry Ruggs but Henry Ruggs should not have been the first quarter or running or receiver sorry receiver off the board <laughs> um he's definitely a good talent and he's a he's a top 15 talent but I don't think he should be the first receiver taken off in this draft class. Um, then you get into picks like they had two first round picks and they blew their second one, Damon Arnett. He's a guy you can get in the third round probably, but they took him with the second first pick or a first round pick. I don't think that's good. And then the rest of the guys is basically just Clemson guys. So we've seen this the last few years. I don't know why the Raiders just like to draft Clemson guys. Um, but that's, I guess they just want the Clemson team to be the Raiders team. Um, so yeah, so that's why I'm giving them an F. I don't think there's very many names on this board that really stand out to me. I mean, Brian Edwards, the, uh, receiver out of South Carolina, he is pretty good to get him in the third round. I think that might be, be, uh, a little bit of a steal. I think he, he probably had gone a little higher. Um, but yeah, I don't think that this draft is very appealing to me. Um, I know I'm not a Raiders fan, but that is what I grade them an F.
0: I'm, I'm gonna give them a little bit better of a grade. I'm gonna give them a, they're right in between like a D plus plus and a C minus minus, you know? I, you know, Henry Ruggs, I mean, you said he wasn't the best wide receiver in this draft, but Henry Ruggs is a great pick. And, you know, I think that it's definitely gonna match the Vegas atmosphere to have a speedster on the outside who's gonna get a lot of big plays and he's gonna burn a lot of cornerbacks on just straight up go routes, cause he's just faster. And, you know, I think Brian Edwards is also a great pick. You know, I mean, he has quite the highlight reel. If you haven't seen him, you go ahead and look him up, but he has great hands. He has excellent body control and he knows how to play big too. I think that he's going to get a lot of red zone touchdowns. And if you pair up, you know, you're going to have Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs. And, you know, if you put Hunter Renfro in the slot, you have three guys that can score basically on any combination of routes when you're in the red zone. So, those are all great picks, you know. I will say that Damon Arnett was a very, very, very bad pick. I'd say he might be one of the biggest busts of this draft. I think, Jesse, you said he was the 13th-ranked cornerback in this draft? I think 12th. or 13th or 12th-ranked cornerback in this draft, and he was the third one off the board. So... There are lots of better options. They definitely could have played that a little bit better. Um, according to pro football focus, his NFL comparison is Gary on Conley, who was also a bust. So, you know, I wouldn't be excited for the defensive side of the ball for the Vegas Raiders. And, you know, I think drafting all of these guys puts a lot of pressure on Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota to pan out. And uh, yeah, I mean, drafting three wide receivers in the first eighty-one picks is unorthodox. So D plus plus or C minus minus. I know those aren't real things, but that's that's what they are.
2: All right, fair enough. Um, I'll give him a D plus honestly. I like the Henry Rugs pick. I know he probably wasn't the best receiver at that point, but he's still a stud. He's still going to make some plays and. I'll give whoever's quarterback there a sol- a pretty good weapon out there, you know. So, I'll, I'll, I'll let that one slide. I can't let Damon Arnett slide. I think that's a, that's the biggest reach of this entire draft. I don't know yep. what they were thinking. Um, pretty sure nobody else even considered him within the first two rounds of this pick. Um, yeah, so I think they blew it. They could have gotten... so I would have... It- this really impacted their draft grade, if I'm being honest. Could have done way better, so...
0: Yeah. um... So, you think if they play anyone else there other than Damon Arnett, they might get a C. But that pick yeah. is just so bad.
2: I mean, if they got Caleb Chasen, chasing, I would have liked that way better. Luckily for y'all, they did it, so... that
0: Yeah, it's uh, perfect.
2: Works out, you know? I like Brian Edwards, Tanner Muse, my guy out of, uh almost said SMU. Ken Amuse out of Clemson. You now a hybrid linebacker safety. He's an underrated pick, in my opinion. Someone that they could use all over, but uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, you know, and someone that could honestly, he could, he could give the Raiders some flexibility on defense, you know, and it's, in this division, this is something you need flexibility on defense when you have teams that could be flexible on offense. So I think that's a great pickup. And Bowden Jr., I think, no, oh, they list him as a wide receiver but someone that could this is a you know, this is just the trend a lot of teams are going in after you know the success that the sands have found with Taysom hill but someone who could definitely be a gadget guy at kentucky he was a gadget guy He could play receiver running back quarterback all that stuff he's just a straight up athlete and i think that's that John Gruden had in mind when he drafted him. And if that's the case, then well, maybe that's not terrible. But at the same time, we already have two quarterbacks there uh, in Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr. So I don't know if that's greatest pickup right now without having an established guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, plus they definitely could have done better. Could have given them more of a C or a B if they actually nailed that number 19 overall pick, but they didn't. So...
0: I don't even think they had to nail the number 19 overall pick. I think they could have just taken somebody who's actually a first round talent there.
2: <laughs> anybody else, anybody else is so, what it is though.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that brings us to our last team of the division and our last team of the AFC um, for this week's podcast. And that is the Los Angeles chargers. Um, I'll start up like, i am probably give them a D plus. Um, They had two good picks off the top. They had two first-round picks, and I think both of them were really good. And they didn't have another pick till the fourth round. But those first two picks were Justin Herbert, Kenneth Murray. Um, I mean, you've heard us talk about Justin Herbert multiple times on the podcast. I don't know if... I know we all could agree that he's probably not the sixth pick. But, um, I mean, that's their guy that they wanted. And luckily for us Bronco fans, he's he's not going to be that great. So... (laughs) We get uh, we get that, but obviously the other first round pick they had in Kenneth Murray, I think, is is a great pick. Um, I think he'll be a day one starter, and I think he can start for the next ten years uh, for the uh, Chargers. And yeah, so I know Cody will love to talk about Kenneth Murray, but my grade for the Chargers is a D plus. So I mean, you can go,
2: ahead and go first. Oh really? Okay. Um, I, I like the Kenneth Murray pick and the Joshua Kelly pick. While I'm at it. I think those are both pretty valuable picks right there. Um, I'm gonna have to give him a D minus, honestly. It's pretty close to an F. because honestly, I don't like Justin Herbert at all. I think he's the next Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's overrated. I think people are hyping him up because he's just another white guy with a strong arm, if I'm being honest. Uh, look, here's the thing. Everyone, except for ESPN for some reason, Everyone else who has ever watched football and analyzed quarterbacks and college football and all that great stuff, all of them say the same thing about Justin Herbert, and it's a pretty big consensus. only one really pushing Justin Herbert is Mel Kuyper and ESPN, Look, he can't read a defense. Ashton Davis made him pay multiple times over because Justin Herbert can't read a defense. He can't do a progression, honestly. He looks at the first guy. And you know what? If he's not there, he'll run around a little bit and then he'll throw it up there to somebody. Might not be his guy, but it'll be somebody. And look, he's just, he's really not that good. You know, his mechanics are all over the place. He can't, re- mentally, like, I really feel like he doesn't really push himself. He's not a great leader, honestly. Like, people want to talk about like, oh, well, you know, he wanted to get better. So he stayed at Oregon another year. Like, dude, he's from from Eugene, Oregon, so he's not really getting better. If you look at it that way, he's really just staying at home so he could be comfortable with the situation he's in. And to me, that's a huge red flag. He comes off as somebody who doesn't really look for a challenge, if I'm being honest. He comes off as somebody who's a little bit, you know, had a lot of things given to him, be honest with that. And, oh, he just happened to live in Eugene, Oregon. Just happened to have a great football program by he just happened to you know walk into a quarterback spot and i just don't think he's a good pickup look if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i just don't think there's a lot of redeeming qualities there and i think he's he's a bust straight up there you go
0: i'm going to echo simon's sentiment you know i i talked about justin herbert in the cycles mock draft go ahead and give that a listen through again and I said that the best thing that could go for Justin Herbert is getting drafted to a team that already has a quarterback where he doesn't have to start immediately. Now, the Chargers do have Tyrod Taylor. And if they're smart, they will not play Justin Herbert for a year, maybe two. And I also want to bring up how he went back to – he stayed at Oregon a year, and he somehow got worse. He somehow got worse. Staying in college another year. Um, And that's – that's uh, huge red flag, you know, that's another term that Simon used. And I honestly think that the only redeeming pick of this draft. And I mean, when I first looked at their draft, you know, I think that Kenneth Murray is a good enough player where they might've, if they took anybody else with the sixth pick, might've got like a C minus, but I mean, when you only have one good draft pick out of the six that you have, then that just doesn't make for a good look. I mean. Kenneth Murray, I honestly think that he's probably going to be a really, as long as he doesn't get injured, he might be a top five linebacker in the NFL. Eventually he can play sideline to sideline. He can play man coverage. He can blitz. He can play zone coverage. I think that he he's a good leader to have on the Chargers side of the ball, because even though, you know, Joey Bosa is like an explosive player, he doesn't really come off to me as a leader, but I think Kenneth Murray absolutely can be for this Chargers team. But I just think that Justin Herbert is a really bad pick, especially with the moves that they made in the offseason. I think that taking a tackle here was definitely the move that they should have made. You know, and it, it would have shaken up the whole draft a lot, but I think taking a guy like Mekhi Becton here would have been a good pick, Jedrick Wills. I mean, gosh, I just, Justin Herbert isn't a top six talent. He's not a top 10 talent. He's not a top 32 talent in this draft. I really don't think so. And, you know, I think that the drop off from Tua to Justin Herbert is steep. And yeah, I think that the Chargers are gonna end up regretting this pick for a really long time. And uh, this whole draft, honestly, I mean, shit. Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I like the Joshua Kelly pick, if I'm being completely honest. I don't think that he gets any snaps in any other backfields. Uh, I think that the only reason that he gets snaps in this backfield is just because it's really shallow now with only Austin Eckler there. And I don't like the Gilman pick. I don't like the Reed pick. I mean, this is just a bad draft class and drafting Kenneth Murray doesn't save you from getting a D and having to retake this class to make the credits count. You failed.
2: <laughs> that one. No, I I agree. No, I just, I don't know, man. You could definitely see a scenario because it's the Chargers. You could see a scenario where the ownership potentially put some pressure on the coaching staff to put Harvard in there sooner than later to give the fans something to root for i think that's a pretty realistic scenario
0: guys yeah, as,
2: as is yeah as is nobody really goes to the games anyways oops so whatever uh i could see the coaching staff really not wanting to do that because i think anthony lynn is a solid guy but you know you got to do what your boss say and like, I just I just don't think this is a great pick. If anything, they should have traded down from this pick. And, it, you know, it would have been better. But
0: I think Anthony Lynn will be a great coach somewhere else after Justin Herbert gets him fired this year.
2: I, I agree. I, Anthony Lynn's a good coach. It's just unfortunate he has to coach for the Chargers organization, <laughs> I feel.
0: I honestly think if Anthony Lynn was the coach of the Jaguars, they probably would have been to the playoffs every year <laughs> since they were in the AFC Championship. But that's I a discussion for lie.
2: another day. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add on Justin Herbert, Jesse?
1: No, I I think I I led it off by saying we all could agree that he wasn't a sixth sixth pick talent, um, not even a first round of talent. So I think we I think we've hit the nail on the head there. I think we've talked enough about how Justin Herbert will not be the answer for the Chargers.
0: I'm so mad that Kenneth Murray's career is going to be wasted in Los Angeles. God. He could have gone to a winning team, like the Saints, who are literally up next. But,
2: oh well. Chargers jerseys are clean, though. I'm,
0: I'm not buying a Murray Chargers jersey. I'm going to wait till the Chargers dumb management cuts him for some stupid reason or trades him away for like an eighth round pick. Yes, an eighth <laughs> round pick to a team that's worth a dang. And yeah, then I'll consider it. <laughs> but
1: All right. All right. Well, that does it for our uh, AFC Draft Recap. Uh, tune in next week to hear the <laughs> NFC Draft Recap. Um, that's going to be a fun one, too.
0: Yeah, we're... Uh, hot. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, we're shortening the episodes a little bit. Maybe. I don't know how long this episode is, but...
1: I mean, we've already been recording for about two hours, so it's definitely going to be
0: long. <laughs> oh, good. Long,
1: but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tune in. Tune in and join us. Yeah, tune in and join us next week for uh, the NFC highlighted by uh, the Dallas Cowboys. I would say. EDP.